the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, the Bickersons. Like most married women, Blanche Bickerson is a romanticist. Having talked poor husband John into taking her on a second honeymoon, three o'clock in the morning finds Mrs. Bickerson in the lobby of a small hotel at Niagara Falls. Exhausted and bleary-eyed from the long drive, John Bickerson unloads the luggage outside as his wide-awake wife talks to the night clerk. Let's listen. It doesn't really matter about the room as long as we have a nice view of the falls. Yes, ma'am. I'll bet you don't remember me. No, ma'am. Well, I wouldn't expect you to with all the honeymoon couples you meet. I was here seven years ago. Is that so? Yes. Well, better luck this time. Oh, we're still married to each other. We're just having a second honeymoon. Do many people do that? No, ma'am. I wonder why. I wouldn't know, ma'am. Are you married? No, ma'am. Arthritis makes me walk this way. Will you please sign the register? Oh, I'm sorry. Last time we were here, we had to wait two days for a room. We stayed in a motel in Buffalo. Oh, here you are. Thank you. Is that Bickerson? Yes. Didn't I sign it right? Yes, ma'am. Mrs. John Bickerson and husband. Here's the key. Room 318. There's the automatic elevator over there. We don't have any bellboys at night. Oh, that's all right. I'll go out to the car and get my husband. John, where is he? He's not in the car. I wonder if he took the luggage out of the trunk. Good heavens! John, get out of that trunk, you darned fool! John, John, John! Blanche, 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 shut the door. There's a draft. Out of that thing. All right, all right, all right. Don't pull. Ow, my hand. Oh, serves you right. Pick up that luggage and straighten yourself up. Ow. 
I don't want you to go in that nice hotel looking like a ragamuffin. It's a nice muffin. Um, grab a couple of these bags, will you, Blanche? No! It wouldn't look right on our honeymoon. Come on! Oh, my back. Where's the bellboy? We don't have any at night. Are you the clerk? Yes, sir. Where's the register? I, I want a room with a bed. I've already signed it. You've got a room. Good. Where are you going to sleep? Come on, John. Stop dragging your feet. I just drove 2,000 miles for a second honeymoon. Lead me to my room. You had to talk like that in front of the clerk. Oh, let me sleep, will you, Blanche? I'd just like to go one place with you that you didn't embarrass and humiliate me. You've been unbearable since we left home. Keep going. In here? Yes. Pull the bags in so I can shut the door. No windows? No nothing? How much do they get for this broken down room? This is the elevator. <laughs> oh, well, push the button or something and get it started. I can't keep my eyes open another minute. I was afraid this would happen. I'd hoped that going on a second honeymoon would bring us closer together. Can't get much closer than this, unless you throw the luggage out. Every time I want you to be romantic, you're so distant, John. What is keeping us apart? The brown suitcase. What floor are we on? I'm sleepy. You're always sleepy. When you're not sleepy, you're humiliating me. I'll never be able to face that night clerk in the morning. You won't have to. Why not? There'll be a day clerk. Which way is the room? I don't know, and I don't care. I'm going to stay in the elevator. Oh, come on, will you, Blanche? Well, say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Now, where's the room? Right in front of you, 318. Well, open the door before I collapse. Thank heaven. I gotta get some sleep. Well, put the lights on. Don't stumble around in the dark. Don't want to open my eyes. Just aim me at the bed and give me a shove. I'm not gonna let you sleep until you undress properly and unpack the luggage. Oh, Blanche, why'd you have to bring so much stuff? You've got as much stuff as I have. I have not. All I brought was my toothbrush and my overnight bottle. You and that bourbon. You wouldn't take five steps away from home without it. Well, I can still remember what happened when we got snowbound in that cabin. That wasn't so terrible. Oh, not much. I had to live for two weeks on nothing but food and water. Don't throw my things around like that. There's no closet. Where shall I put these dresses? In the drawer. Where do you want these drawers? In the dresser. Fold up your pants neatly and put them under the mattress. Okay. Well, take them off first. John, what a fool I was to think you'd change. The second honeymoon was just as big a mistake as our first one. Oh, no, it wasn't. I'm so sorry you made me go on this trip that I could just die. I didn't make you go. You shanghaied me. You even tried to get me to marry you again. Was that such an unreasonable... Request? Yes, it isn't legal. Why not? A man can't be punished twice for the same crime. Oh, that's too bad about you. How you shame me in front of all my friends. And after I sent the invitations out, too. Well, I wasn't going to have any formal wedding and put out a lot of dough to feed your hungry friends and their squalling brats. There wouldn't have been any brats there at all. How do you know? Because I said plainly on the invitation, Mr. and Mrs. John Bickerson will be married March 9th. No children expected. Put out the lights. I'm never going back to that horrible apartment we live in. I'm going to sit here and stare at the falls forever. Wouldn't hurt you to look at them either, John. I see them every day on the shredded wheat box. How can you be so cynical? I'm glad I have a little romance in my soul. Just mm. the sight of those falls brings back memories. Mm, yeah. Sit up, John. Look at that cascade. Doesn't it remind you of something? Yeah. What, John? 
I think I left the water running in the bathtub. John, you didn't. Okay, I didn't. Good night, Blanche. I never should have trusted you to lock up. Now I'm really worried. Did you close all of the windows? Close the windows. You didn't leave any lights burning, did you? Uh, no. Did you leave food for the cat? Left enough for a week. What did you leave him? A six-pound tin of corned beef. Did you empty it into a plate? No. Well, how do you expect the cat to eat? I left the can opener on top. Stop worrying about the cat. We should have taken all the animals with us. Poor little canary locked in the cage. Cat can't get out of the house. And who is going to feed the goldfish? Oh, I'll bet they're terribly unhappy. Oh, they're not unhappy. They're having a fine vacation. They are not. They are, too. When I left, the cat was fishing. Fishing? Where? In the goldfish bowl. He was using the canary for bait. John Bickerson! Oh, go to sleep. The canary and the goldfish are fine, and I wish the cat would drop dead. Don't talk like that. I love that cat. When I get home, I'm going to enter him in a cat show. What for? He couldn't win anything. Maybe not, but he'd meet a lot of nice cats. Go to sleep, will you, Blanche? I'm not sleepy. Why don't you sit up and talk to me? Blanche, people don't talk at four in the morning. You talked until five o'clock on our first honeymoon. You kept reciting poetry and telling me how beautiful I was. Do you remember what you said, John? No. You told me your love for me was like a raging inferno. You said you had a fierce fire blazing in your breast like a live coal. What happened to it, John? It's only a clinker now. How can you say such terrible things to me? Blanche, I'm so sleepy, I don't know what I'm saying. I'd like to hear you say things like that to Gloria Gooseby. Can't I even go to Niagara Falls without Gloria Gooseby? The only reason you didn't was because she wouldn't have you. What? You proposed to her 15 times before you proposed to me. You big second fiddle, you. I never proposed to Gloria Gooseby, and you know it. And the next time I see her, I'm going to punch her husband, Leo, right in the nose. What have you got against Leo? He's a better husband than you are. I'm sick of hearing that, too. Leo Gooseby is a cheap, chiseling bum. He is not. He's more generous than you. Would Leo Gooseby give you a new dress? No. Would he give you a new hat? No. Would he give you a mink coat? No. Would you give me a mink coat? No. Why should I give you anything? Leo wouldn't. Stop screaming. You'll wake up the whole hotel. Well, stop goading me. You want me to do nothing but fight, fight, fight. No, I don't. All I do is ask for proof you love me, and you go into a tantrum. Blanche, what more proof do you want? I tell it to you a thousand times a day. I raise a new crop of freckles to spell out I love you. I painted it on all the Burma shave signs. Somebody's at the door, John. Honey, honey, honey. Honey! Madam, this is not a beehive. It's my bedroom. What are people wandering around in the halls this time of night for? Don't be so crabby. It's probably some nice little bride who can't find her husband. Maybe he's lost. He isn't lost. He's hiding. Put out the lights, will you, Blanche? I've got a vile headache. Nobody told you to yell your brains out. Good night. If you just stand here and look at the falls for a few minutes... Your headache will go away and you'll sleep fine. Where does all that water come from? I once read it goes over at the rate of 346,000 gallons a second. John? Yeah? Are the falls higher on the American side or on the Canadian side? 
I don't know. I'll have to find out in the morning. What a majestic spectacle. I'm convinced there's nothing in the world like Niagara Falls. Except you, Blanche. Really, John? Why do you say that? Because you never dry up either. Good night, John. Said you better watch out Love will hurt you yeah, There's no doubt Guess they just could not see The things she does for me She's always there on my darkest nights And all the others said Got no time Make a lunar forever I will be If you should fall, I give you my own. Nights go by and there's no trace. I think I'm never gonna see her face again. She proves me wrong. She's been here all along. What was I thinking to doubt true love? But far beyond the stars above, I hope you can forgive me. Cause I cannot forget that you were there on my darkest nights. All the others said, got no time. Make a lunar forever, I will be. Should fall, I give you my all. Another lasts forever, so that's what they say. But I must beg to differ with the words of yesterday. Cause you and I will always be. One place some may never see Megaluna
Megaluna was a friend of mine I used to see her all the time As the sun would fade away Now Luna's here to stay I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hi there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsodent flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. 
Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. The Tom Summer Program.com. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, there's still a little tiny bit of summer left, and uh, hopefully, uh, you've been enjoying your yards a little bit. And the folks at Lawn Starter. Uh, just recently did a nationwide study of the best cities for urban gardening. And uh, here to talk about that from Lawn Starter is um, Jeff Herman. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Now, I I have to ask because, uh, well, the first thing that crossed my mind was why do a study on urban gardening? Well, because of coronavirus, so many of us are spending time at home doing things in our own lawn and doing things in our own gardening. And then also just as a community event, it's a way where you can grow your own vegetables, grow your own food. And many of those plots are already socially distanced. So it's something where you can see your neighbors and at the same time grow things, cut down on those trips to the grocery store. This is the time for urban gardening and community gardening to really shine. I'm glad you mentioned growing food because one of the things that I wanted to ask, Jeff, is there a significant difference between urban gardening and urban farming? There's not a whole lot of difference except that you see urban farming is more of the produce. Urban gardening is a little bit more like herbs and you know, the, the other things that you would grow for your kitchen as opposed to the foods that you would eat. And you, and of you, course, and of course, plants too. Plants too, flowers. Sure, um, you cited twelve cities as America's best for urban gardening. Over, I think half of them were in Florida, uh, and then the rest were in California or at least in the South, except for St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I wasn't surprised that southern climate would be good for gardening, but um, I was a little surprised to see St. Louis on the list. Why? How did St. Louis make the list? St. Louis is my hometown, actually, so I was surprised by this, too, and I had nothing to do with the rankings of these cities. That was all done by our data <laughs> analysts. Um, but St. Louis has always been a place where people gardened, and people grew in community gardening and urban gardening. I remember the last time I was walking around St. Louis, I walked from the arch all the way to where I lived in South City, and I couldn't believe the number of community gardens that I passed by. And that is, in fact, the reason that St. Louis was number one, was the number of community gardens, urban gardens, per 100,000 residents. St. Louis is number one. So that put St. Louis in the top of that category, which flipped them into that top 12. And my roots go back to gardening, too, because my grandfather, he was the guy people came to get their pumpkins, their strawberries. Everything in North St. Louis County was from my grandfather. So, yeah, I I know a little bit about gardening and and growing things and vegetables and fruits from from family history. 
Now, how did the other cities make the list because of the number of people who actually practice urban gardening, or is it a, a climate thing? Climate was what skewed so many for Florida and California because the really sunny climate is something where people are a, able to get out there a little bit more often, and the environment's just a little bit easier to, you know, friendly to plants. Um, you don't want to be gardening in St. Louis in the wintertime. So that's part of it. But then there's also yard size, and that bumped some of the cities into the higher ranks, too. That's how you have Augusta, Georgia in the higher ranks and Baton Rouge in the higher ranks. Baton Rouge has the, the biggest yard size, you know, for, for a home and, and for a community than any of the others. So when you threw yard size in there, that balanced things out so it wasn't even more loaded with California and Florida, but it had much more of a, a little bit more of a mix of diversity of cities. I, I was a little surprised not to see um, more northern cities on the list for that very reason, um, especially uh, through the area where I am in Michigan and uh, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Ohio, um, where manufacturing has kind of bugged out and left a lot of cities with a lot of vacant land. And uh, there have been all kinds of creative uh, programs to... Um, allow people to buy the property next door if it's vacant and you know that kind of stuff and and I would think that the uh, that on garden size alone there'd be cities like Detroit and uh, um, well not so much Chicago but maybe I don't know Pittsburgh or Youngstown or you know somewhere we just had a piece a couple of weeks ago on urban gardening in Los Angeles. And that piece identified several gardens that were, in fact, vacant lots previously. So it is common in other places. I think the way this was weighted for climate and the other factors in here that it may not have captured as many places up north, but St. Louis is a trend. It's, it's one example of many of the cities up north where you have people who are actually going out on the Saturdays, Sundays, intending to their urban farms and urban gardens and bringing that produce home to cook in their kitchens. Yeah, I know uh, you mentioned St. Louis isn't so great to garden in the wintertime. Living in Michigan, I can relate to that. But but what's interesting is people in Michigan, man, when, when uh, Memorial Day comes, they're out there. And right up through Labor Day, they're they're planting, they're doing stuff, whether it's you know, flowers to decorate the curb appeal of their house. It's, um, you know, vegetable garden in the backyard. I mean, there's, um, people are pretty active uh, through the summer. I think that's part of the climate is that it took in the days of sunshine and the days when you're apt to be outside. So that's, again, why, you know, Flint and St. Louis and some of these other cities they don't have as many days when you can get outside and do this because of the weather changes in the seasons. But when the season is prime, we're all out there gardening and doing the best that we can to, to make the most of our land. Well, and that's, and that's why I wanted to bring that up. Obviously, um, states and cities in the south are going to have an edge 
over everything, you know, in the in the northern tier, um, just by virtue of the number of good days, you know, that you can be out right. there. Um, but the idea is to talk to people about doing this whenever they can. And there are things that people can do that help them garden better, even indoors during the colder months, you know, starting seeds and, and some of those things. Absolutely. And if you live on a, an apartment that has a balcony, you can make use of that because it might not get all the cold air. You have a longer season in some places. So it is something that people are finding ways to make the most of everything they're doing. And, and sometimes you can just grow like herbs inside your house too. It doesn't have to be always outside. And, year and, round you can garden. Year round you can find ways to make this work for you. And and what about um I'm I'm seeing these starting to pop up all over uh Michigan and some of them function year round. These uh hoop houses. I've never heard of those. What are those? Well, basically it's uh uh, almost like a, a plastic plastic wrapped dome or um, something like a pole barn, but made out of clear plastic. It's got ribs to to you know create a, a uh, sort of an indoor climate controlled way of uh, extending the season in colder states. That's sort of what my dad had with a greenhouse. Only yeah, it's like round, a, it's like a it's greenhouse, a but it's sort of homemade. Right. Wow, wow! I'll have to look it up. That's that that is a new term to me, but it goes back to my roots with the greenhouse we had in the backyard. So I, I understand the concept, and it does it lengthens the season so that you can grow what you want for a much longer period of time. And are there some things that that grow in certain seasons that? Even in the South, it it doesn't matter what the weather's like. It's it's just not going to grow. I think in the South, you just wind up with seasonality with, you know, everything from uh, peaches are very seasonal, blueberries are very seasonal, strawberries are very seasonal, and pumpkins. So you plan to figure out what your calendar is, so you make the most of using that garden space that you have when one produce or one vegetable is picked then you have the other in its place so that you continuously make the most use of your garden during the summertime in the endless summer that you have sometimes in the south i, I want to get back to uh gardening in just just a minute because i want to talk about uh, uh soil and and some other factors but um tell me about lawn starter Lawn starter, there's so many places that we're so tight on our time in juggling jobs and juggling family, juggling the kids now because they're home from school. But one of the last things you really necessarily want to do is tend to your yard. So lawn starter is a place where you can just book the appointment on your phone and you get a trusted person who's going to be out there and take care of your lawn, your landscaping, your pest control, whatever you need. But more than anything else, it gives you that free time back so you can spend it with your family, spend it with loved ones, you know, barbecuing. And we're just trying to, as much as possible, tell the stories of people across the country with our studies and make a connection with the people who are actually using our service. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you how, um, you know, I understand the convenience of, of having a company that um, can send out people to manage your lawn care and, and landscaping and so on. But um, companies like that you don't usually think of as doing studies. How, how did that evolve in Lawn Starter? It's a way to extend the name and to get the name out there, and at the same time also to better serve people who are there. If we do the data right, it's actually telling stories in new ways. We're looking at everything from lawnmower accidents with ways to prevent them to studies about, well, there's a problem with lawns because there are lots of dogs and they create problems for lawn mowing. So, you know, a future study will be looking at the crappiest lawns in America, which will make people laugh. But, you know, we're trying to connect (laughs) as much as possible with, you know, people and how they do things on their lawn and their yard and their landscaping. Because we're spending so much more time, whether it's, you know, at home building a shed, building a balcony, building a patio or, you know, privacy fences, we're spending more time at home. So let's make the most of it. And, you know, you mentioned the the havoc that dogs can wreak on the lawns. And, and of course, there are certainly other critters that can mess with a person's lawn. Um, But when you're talking about gardening, what is, um, are there certain... Is there soil that you can grow anything in, or do you have to actually make a soil that works for what you want to grow, and do you have to to change that out the next season when you grow something else? Well, let me go back to my St. Louis roots. Um, the soil was strong there for anything that was grown, so... Grandpa and Uncle Johnny never really had to do much to add to the soil because it's just strong. So if you have good soil, you don't have to add much to it. It's more figuring out what will grow best in that soil for that particular season and being able to change it out so that you're constantly keeping produce growing in your fields. And 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 that's what I was curious about. Um, do you have to, you know, in, in the small kinds of gardening and farming like we're talking about, do you have to change out what you grow um, annually to, to get the best results? Yes, because if you change it out, that way your soil gets a little bit different nutrients in it, and it continues to get richer and richer in the soil. So it's a better way to do it by changing out your crops during the course of a year or annually. It just makes for a better soil. What What are some examples if someone has a, a small plot and they want to grow some things? Everybody grows tomatoes, but what are some other things that people might grow and and rotate each year um, on a, on a you know in a small area? Strawberries are one that doesn't take a whole lot of room to get some strawberries to grow in your garden or in your your community lawn. Um, And then the thing that will take things over, but you'll be real pleased with the result, is watermelons or pumpkins because you actually see something that, that grows 
but you have to be kind of careful because those runners will go all over beyond your flower bed or garden bed. Um, <laughs> but those things grow all the time. And then when you pick up herbs, if you plant those herbs in your garden or on your balcony in a window box, you'll have that herb through the course of the year, and you can use that with your tomatoes to make a great sauce. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, in fact, my friend Sandy makes a pretty amazing salsa with ingredients that she grows right here. Um, in fact, the, she just did a batch, and the jars are going fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, in in are, are there whenever you look at at a list like this, America's best twelve cities for urban gardening, you can't help wondering what the twelve worst cities are. What are the things that maybe cause places to not be good for urban gardening? The flip side of that is if you had the sunny cities that were at the top, the cities that are traditionally cold in environments where you don't think there's a lot of urban gardening are going to be at the bottom. And at the bottom of our list is Detroit, where it is cold for a good part of the season, sure. and then Anchorage also. So obviously you wouldn't think that there'd be a whole lot of urban gardening going on in Anchorage because there's so few good days to be outside. So that makes a lot of sense. Detroit is on that upper tier of the country in terms of cold weather. So that also makes sense. The further you went a little bit north, the more you wound up finding that they had fewer days to actually make the most of their urban gardening. And that's why they were not as high in the rankings. What about Seattle? That came to mind when you were talking about some of the uh, sunny days. I know Seattle is in our rankings. Let me see if I can figure that out. I had the story up here so I could find that real quick just in case. I know they were at the they were at the top half. Um so they were just in like that that not the first tier of twelve, but the second tier of twelve. And that's because there's so many people there who are outdoors and doing things outside and gardening. Their weather is a little bit more I guess rainy. But that can be also very conducive to gardening, too. Yeah, it, it, that's why I wondered, because so many times, I mean, the rap that Seattle gets is that, it, it, you know, it rains all the time and, and it's never sunny. Um, right. And and that seems like it would make it tougher to garden. Right. But I guess it also speaks to the commitment of the people in Seattle that, you know, they are doing this and they're getting out there to do it. So can weather conditions, climate aside, that helps Seattle to do a little bit better than some of the other cities. I was surprised by Santa Rosa, too. Santa Rosa, California, did really, really well in the rankings. And the reason they did a different from some of the other places is we also factored in the number of lawn and garden stores in a particular city by 100,000 residents and there in Santa Rosa and then also in Miami there were just all these home supply stores and gardening stores that were serving the people in the community too and that means people have some place to to get answers to questions they have absolutely and they also have plenty of places to get the seeds the fertilizer the whatever they need to be able to do their urban gardening They've got a support system there and also supplies to do whatever they want. Is is there a, um, oh boy, I, this is this is kind of a, 
kind of a northern question probably, but is is there a formula for setting up a a flower bed with things that come back every year and things that you change out? Oh, gosh. I wish I could talk to Dad or Grandpa because they would know for sure. <laughs> um, Dad was the flower guy, and, you know, we would have petunias in the spring, and then we have snapdragons in the fall, and, you know, tulips also in the spring. So you've got a riot of color almost year-round, whether it's snapdragons, whether it's petunias, or whether it's marigolds, whatever it is, salvia. Um, and, and you also have to remember that some of these plants actually help to deter rabbits or other pests, right. their natural deterrence, and that helps to make sure that if you do have a garden, if you plant marigolds around it, you're going to deter the rabbits from eating what you've been digging and planting and sowing. Well, I was just I was was just thinking about some of the things that you don't have to replant every year that that just keep coming back, and if there's a certain percentage, you should have of those, and and leave room for the things that you want to do new or different every year. Um, but uh, actually, we're getting uh, pretty close to the end of the time, and I want to make sure. Um, as I do with all my guests, Jeff, that, that I give you an opportunity to let people know where they can go to find out more about this study, about Lawn Starter, and about what we've been talking about, which is, of course, urban gardening. Well, LawnStarter.com is the website. There's a blog link at the very bottom of the page that'll take you to the study story where you can find more about the rankings of the cities across the United States, the 150 biggest cities. And then we also have pieces on urban gardening and how you can make the most of gardening in a very small space that published about a week and a half ago. So that's a very fresh piece. So we're trying to make sure that we're connecting with our readers out there so they know how they can make the most of the gardens that they have, whether it's in their backyard or whether it's in the neighborhood. Have uh, you been able to um, to get out and and? and work and function under the the conditions of the pandemic? I know a lot of lawn care places were shut down at the beginning. Right. It's actually a very odd thing, but when so many businesses have been hurt by this, people still need to have their lawn service. They still need to have their trees trimmed, particularly in like areas that were hit by the windstorm. You know, you have pest control problems. They say that the pest control is actually higher now as a result of coronavirus. So you have industries that are really struggling, but so far lawn care, people still need to take care of their lawns. Uh, the one sad thing is that this is kind of a seasonal business just by growing. So, you know, we put our lawnmowers away in much of the country in about, uh, well, maybe about uh, six weeks or so. Well, Jeff, thanks for spending this time with me this afternoon. I, uh, I appreciate it very much. It's great talking with you. Thanks so much, Tom, and I promise to keep you posted when we have our crappiest lawn study, too. All right. I appreciate that. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was uh, Jeff Herman from, um, I was looking right at it, Lawn Starter. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I got so tongue-tied on that. They've uh, just completed a study of America's best cities for urban gardening. Uh, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program 
writing. I know of a place where you never get harmed. A magical place with magical charms. Indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Virtual playdates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us, at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, 
table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! Well, now, get the easy feeling down Rod Surly behind one of those doors. Rod Surly. Rod Surly. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Well, now take down your fishing pole and meet me at the fishing hole. We may not get a bite all day, but don't you rush away. What a great place to rest your bones and mighty fine for skipping stones. You feel fresh as a lemonade setting in the shade. Whether it's hot, whether it's cool. What a spot for whistling like a fool What a fine day to take a stroll And wander by the fishing hole I can't think of a better way To pass the time of day Presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I want to say just a few words about North Carolina, my home state, possibly the finest state in this entire union. We got industry of all kinds, pretty country. Raise corn, cotton, tobacco, peaches, peanuts, all like that. Got colleges all over the state, fine quality, pretty girls, and run off the finest white lightning made anywhere. <laughs> hey, I see you all ain't forgot your raising. But it is. It, it's, uh, well, this, uh, this government stuff that you all use up here in New York and all, that'll kill you. It will. You can't tell what's in it. Here last uh, last New Year's Eve, I was up in New York and uh, I got I got betrayed into drinking several several folks' health. And uh, I was trying to be as you know as robust as I could about it. And uh, I kept on drinking their healths, friends, till I'll tell you the truth, my own pretty near become endangered. <laughs> but well, now that's not true about white lightning. Now, you can tell what's in that because you can see through it. And I never shall forget my first swallow of it. 
I, I took a good one and I swallowed her down and she hit bottom. And, and my face turned red and my eyes rolled back and I gagged just a little bit. And then by and by I got over it. And some of the boys says, how are you? And I says, boys, I'm doing fine, gaining ground all the time. And I think I've got her if she don't jump. <laughs> yes, sir. I says, says, give me just a minute to rest and I'll try her again. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was one fella that lived there close to me there a while, a fella named Sam Wood. And he did. He made the best they was made anywhere around. But he had bad luck with it. He uh, seemed like every time he'd run off a batch, why, he'd get caught. And he was on the county roads so long and got so old that they finally just put him to a cooking. And he was serving up the boys one night. He was serving up a mess of creasy salad. That's turnip greens. It's, it's not really. I just don't know what else to call them. But he was serving them up, and one of them called him back. Says, Sam. Says, come in says, there's a lizard in my greens. <laughs> Sam looked back and forth and says, hush. Says, the others will want one too. <laughs> they, I, I mean, they might be good fixed right. <laughs> Sam, he, uh, he used to, he had bad trouble with drinking a whole lot of it too. But uh, he quit about, oh, five, six, seven years ago. And I got to talking about it with him one time. I says, Sam, did you ever have the DTs? He says, boy, I had them when they first come out. <laughs> now, I'd like to report to you here that there is excellent progress going on all over. Down there, even in, in the most backwoods communities at home, they're getting all kinds of modern conveniences. There was a fella that worked at the same factory that I used to with my daddy there in Mount Airy. And he come in out of the mountains one morning just as mad as he could be. And he says, Carl, says the people up there in the mountains getting to act just like the people in town. Says there's a family of them up there close to us that started putting screens on their windows. <laughs> sh shutting the flies out on everybody else. <laughs> and well, then too, I think this is pretty good. Uh, nearly all, nearly all of our local officials can read and write now. They can. And some of them do their own punctuating. There was, they was, they was one in particular that I remember. He was learning pretty good. And he was down at the barber shop reading the paper and showing off. And, well, he is, he is reading along, and he says, uh, says, I see him while so-and-so paid the supreme sacrifice. And the barber says, yeah, I heard where he is killed. Says, don't say he is killed. Says he paid the supreme sacrifice. It's not very funny. I just thought I'd tell you. <laughs> and we are, we are thrifty. I'm proud of that. I had an uncle one time. He said he bought him a new pair of shoes off a fellow. Said he paid three dollars and a quarter for them, pretty brown shoes, and said he put them on, and he was walking on uptown, and said he was walking along, and said his left shoe commenced to hurt him a little, and he was limping just a little bit, and said he was walking on, and he passed one of his friends, says, "What are you limping for?" He says, "I bought these shoes, and this left one's hurting me just a little." He says, "Why don't you cut them?" 
He says, I ain't going to cut these shoes. He says, I paid $3 and a quarter for them. He kept on walking. There's a hurting worse. And he got studying about that thing. And he got studying. Maybe that fellow had something about cutting that shoe. He says, I took my knife and I cut a little hole just about that size right where the sore was. And he says, yeah, you know, I wouldn't took $3 and a quarter for that hole. <laughs> well, <laughs> he told me that and I had to get up off the porch. <laughs> but now, them of you that has to live here in Washington, there's a whole lot to be admired about, about Washington too. Cherry trees, monuments, and everything like that. The main thing, though, that I admire about Washington are the pretty girls, and I'm bound to say that. They are as pretty and well-built as any I ever seen tried to fill a balloon dress. <laughs> and I love to look at them. My wife told me a long time ago, she says, you can look at the pretty girls, but don't you never touch them. And friends, I've tried to live by that. Of course, that throws me to do an extra lot of looking just to make up for that one handicap. <laughs> well, I reckon we might as well go right ahead and get right on into the service. Is the choir ready? All right. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. today's edition of the Tom Sumner program with a little Andy Griffith in the comedy spotlight and uh, yeah, I wanted to keep it kind of uh, outdoorsy in uh, honor of our guest this past hour Jeff Herman from Lawn Starter talking about their study about the best cities for urban gardening before that a fascinating conversation about everything from science, religion, and politics to string theory with the author of Multiverse, Robert Mercer Narn, or Lord Robert Mercer Narn. I think he's the first Lord we've had on the show. Um, he's also known as Dr. Robert Mercer Narn, but a delightful conversation. If you missed it, check it out. Uh, go to the website and uh, find it in the archives. should be up there shortly. And then uh, in the first hour of our three-hour tour, we had J.K. Kelly, author of The Lost Pulse. That was an encore presentation. Uh, tomorrow, all brand new uh, interviews, so be sure and uh, join us for that. Thanks to uh, all of the guests and to everybody who tuned in. There's smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head down the hall to the living room. But I'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock for another edition of the Tom Sumner program uh, in isolation. Right here from the, from the bunker in my office at home. But uh, reaching out to uh, all over the country and the world for that matter. Talking to Robert Mercer Narn today from the UK. Anyway, uh, that wraps it up, but uh, have a great day, folks, and I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner
program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.